Here we go, here we go. Welcome to Police Pod Talk. Whoop, whoop, it's the police. Don't look in your rearview mirror. This podcast covers the latest police news, along with hitting the hot topics you've been talking about all week. I'm your host, Cleveland. Thank you for joining us. Hey folks, welcome back again to Police Pod Talk. We're back at it again. I've got my brother Jeff on the line. Jeff, you can say hey. Hey, people out there. Welcome <laughs> right. back to Police Pod Talk. All right. All right, appreciate you coming back. And uh, we're, the, the thing we would really like to get done today is kind of almost put a, a bow on this thing and uh, bring it to, I don't want to say bring it to an end because believe it or not, and Jeff, you can agree with me on this, this conversation really will never end. It's not like we're trying to end it and say, oh, we're done. Everybody's happy now, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah, there's. I just we just hope that it sparks additional conversations in people that are you know not don't have the same background, same culture. Uh, it doesn't matter what color they are, but we just hope that it sparks additional conversations moving forward. So yeah, you're right. It it never ends. It uh it should inspire. Good, good. That's what I was hoping too. But hey, for lack of anything else, that's about what I said. But um, so Jeff, everybody doing good in your family? Still healthy? Oh, yeah, 100%. Um, everybody's doing well. How about you? Yeah, they're doing good here. All the kids are doing good. The grandkids are doing good. So that's all we're doing is, uh, you know, following the guidelines. And hopefully one day this will all, I don't want to say come to an end, but they'll come to some kind of conclusion or a vaccine mm-hmm. or something. I'm telling you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's getting, oh, yeah. a, getting a little old, okay? But, <laughs> but anyway. So, wait, your kids are all back in school, right? Um, I have two in college. Uh, but they don't live here, um, so they're out in college. And then I have one in high school, but she is uh, doing everything online. Mm-hmm. So only interaction she has is she'll go in for one class that's a hands-on. She does uh, advanced photography, whatever. She goes in for that class, and then she goes to practice. But other than that, uh, she's not in the in the school building. I got you. Okay. Well, that can be rough too, and. Uh... You know, you you know you have no clue what this is going to do to our young people uh, as time goes on. Because hey, I mean, it's hard enough for, as an adult that things mm-hmm. are happening to you. So okay, hey, here's the one thing, Jeff, that uh, kept coming up. A lot of questions coming in through emails and text messages and things along those lines of people I run into. Very very impressed about what you talked about the less than attitude. And mm-hmm. I guess there's a lot of people, you touched a nerve on some people that knew this was happening and some didn't know why they were responding the way they did. But I guess mm-hmm. you gave it a name and uh, that less than attitude. The biggest question they had is, could he explain, talking about you, could mm-hmm. he explain how do we get out of that? How can we fight through that? And what do we do? You got any information on that doctor? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I have a business degree. So... <laughs> Now, no, I, it's, I mean, that's a great question. Um, and I think the first step is recognizing this is my insecurity. It doesn't matter what the insecurity is, but this is my insecurity. I have a less than attitude, right? And I know from uh, having that less than attitude, okay, I'm going to hit some low points, right? I might be running high and then something might happen where I'm in a situation where I that I fall back on that less than attitude, mm-hmm. I have to quickly get out of those dips. So uh, if someone wants to, if someone is asking me the question of, hey, how do I fix it? 
well, guess what? There's no fixing it. It's more of, hey, how am I going to deal with this, and how am I going to take it head on and turn it into a positive? And I know that sounds weird, but first and foremost, you have to recognize, hey, this is what's happening to me. I sometimes feel don't feel like I'm up to par with those around me. Sometimes I feel like a fraud. Sometimes I, I feel like, hey, I'm not smart enough, whatever it is. You have to recognize those things first. So, Cleveland, if, if, I, if I stopped right there and said, that is the first thing, do you recognize it? Mm-hmm. So that's step one. Then do you deny it or do you own it? I mean, so look at it like this. If I deny it, then guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to have a less than attitude. I'm going to stay in those laws for a long time. And I'm all I'm never going to hit my full potential or be the best version of myself, right? right? But when I own it, it's mine. I own it. This is my deficiency. I know everybody out there, everybody in the United States, across around the world, whatever, we all have an insecurity. This one happens to be mine. I own it. And then the scary thing is being vulnerable about it. So you and I spoke a, uh, a few days ago. And I was talking about, hey, you need to find some new friends, right? Right. And part of that is when talking about getting better or how do I get out of it is, which one of your friends is going to hold that mirror up to you and say, hey, you have now hit one of your less than attitudes or you are struggling here. I see you not standing up tall enough. I see you not walking with your chest down. I see you not bringing a positive energy, right? right? Which one of your friends is going to do that? So. There's not a self-made man out there in the world, so don't think that you have to get over this by yourself. The only thing you have to do is you have to um, acknowledge it, own it, and then your help comes from multiple different areas. It comes from, hey, you can grab a book, you can uh, exercise, you can do all these things, but you better find some people around around you that's going to make you better, not prop you up. You don't want people propping you up. You want people genuinely making you better, and that's where it's really uncomfortable and it hurts because they're going to say things to you that, with my temper, I don't like, but I know it's – but they're saying it without malice, right? Right. So, like, I mean, if you said to me, hey, you know, you really need to get a haircut. You have no edges. Your hair is all scratchy and, 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 and you know, it looks like a Brillo pad or whatever the hell you want to say, right? Mm-hmm. Well, if you say that to me without malice – you're saying that to me because you want me to be the best version of myself. You want me to feel good and be good and, and stand up taller. Well, that's the friends you have to have. And if your friends are enabling you to be less than, you really need to get some new friends. Hmm. So I hope that helps uh, some yeah. of these folks. If you want to look, dig a little deeper, we can. Yeah. So, yeah, they were wondering how do they do that? Because, like I said, I guess a lot of people are going through it, be it male, female, black, white, or whatever. Mm-hmm. There's a lot mm-hmm. of people going through that. Mm-hmm. And not even knowing they were going through it. Oh yeah, yeah. That's a yeah. So well, I appreciate that. And the other thing that came up a lot was they said, "Hey, they love the stories that you told because they weren't sure if they were part of that story." And what I mean by that is, were they someone who probably said something or did something that was offensive to you, and they didn't even know they did it? Mm-hmm. I mean. Um, let me give you an example, okay? I just remembered mm-hmm. a story. We were down in Indianapolis, and uh, my daughter was playing in a tournament. And if you've ever been down to Indy and they play inside these big, the big arenas down there, I mean, they have hundreds of volleyball courts going on at a time. Mm-hmm. We were like almost one of the last games in the evening. So the place is pretty much clearing out, and there was a cleanup crew, and they were cleaning up. 
and, you know, mopping the floors of where the volleyball games were at, putting chairs away or whatever they were doing. And there was only uh, one court. I mean, in this whole place where there's like already 100 going at one time, now we're down to one. Mm -hmm. So we're finishing up and we're starting to walk out. We're packing up our Mm -hmm. little carry chairs and everything and we're walking out. And I look and I see the people cleaning and it didn't really affect me, but the whole cleaning crew was a a black cleaning crew. Everybody Mm -hmm. there, male and females, were black. We're walking out and we're carrying our chairs and we're talking and everything. And one guy, a real tall white guy, I say tall, he just was tall. <laughs> Didn't have too much to do with the story, but a real mm-hmm. tall white guy turns and looks at me and goes, well, how long does it take you all to clean those floors? I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. Come on, you got to be making this up. No, no. And I looked at him and I said, I have no clue how long it takes them to clean the floor. And you could just see his face turn red and he, he quickly looked away and started heading out the door a little bit faster. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. then he realized what he said. Yeah. I knew what he wanted to know, but mm-hmm. he looked at me and figured, well, I'm going to ask the, the only other black guy I see because I figure he mm-hmm. must be part of the cleaning crew. Yeah. I, I didn't have on a matching shirt as they did, <laughs> you know. But it's, it's little things like that, I couldn't have jumped back. Somebody could have been standing there with me and said, hey, that guy's a racist, you know, that kind of thing. It's like, well, wait a minute. I don't know that guy. Yeah. And I would never call him a racist because – that that's not what I saw in him. I saw a mistake that was made. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what people want to know. They want to know, give us more stories. Cause I mean, you had a ton of them <laughs> and they really yeah. liked the one about you on the bus <laughs> with, <laughs> with Frosty, the snowman, our burl lives. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But little things like that, where people make a mistake because they just don't know what yeah. they just said offended mm-hmm. somebody. But then I think mm-hmm. they felt it, that it wasn't quite right. So, I mean, there's a couple, I mean, for me, I got several of them like that, but they want to know from you, do you have any more of those or can you think of any more of those that that can help them so they don't stumble? Yeah. So, look, I want to stay on your story for a minute. Okay. Um, (laughs) Think about it. It's one word. How long, if he would have turned to you and said, how long do you think it takes them to, it it takes those folks to clean the floor? Or, you know, hey, I'm curious. Do you know how long it takes to clean these floors? Because this this crew's out here, and I was wondering. It's a big floor, mm-hmm. and I mean, however it came out. Yeah. So, is that guy a racist? I don't know. Was he equating things? Yes, he was. Because if you think about it, I don't know if you were the only only a black man walking in there at that yeah, time. Yeah, I was. I was. Okay. So you see that and it's and then you see the people cleaning well okay so he equated all that he didn't even look he had blinders on he had a ton of blind spots and he even see you carrying chairs didn't see you care uh, walking with your wife if, if the grandkids were there whoever else was there right mm-hmm. you didn't he didn't see any of that he only saw you and then he equaled up with everybody else over there and what i call that guy a racist i don't know because his what he should have done was this is what he should have done this might help people he should have stood there with you and said, you know what? That was wrong of me. I assumed you were with them, and I didn't even give you the courtesy to even ask you the question as if you were white. If he would have stood there and said those words, now, you don't have the same temperament as me. The same result would have come out. I don't think you left the place mad, kicked the door in, drove away fast, and <laughs> yelled at people at the Burger King to get your sandwich or something. I don't know. No, no. Um, that's not but me. it would it would have probably ended up the same result. But 
let's say you guys had a five-minute conversation. Mm-hmm. He may start to view things a little differently. Right. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. yeah but he yeah. but he left in shame. Now, that's just pure embarrassment, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. That's pure embarrassment. But to, but to call the guy a racist, um, yeah. I don't know him, and I've never seen this guy, and that, that was your story. But right. I just think a few words would have changed that. But at the same time, if he had just stood there with you and, said, and apologized and said, you know what? I, I just, even if he didn't even mean to equate it. Right, right. Yeah. It, it's one of those things where he might have been a better off. But I, yeah, I, I have a similar story like that. But your temperament is different than mine. And this is what everybody needs to understand. When you have a less than attitude, sometimes you're angrier because you think you've been wronged in some, some form factor. But you really put yourself in a position to where you're not getting the respect you feel you deserve, right? Right, right. You have to have strong self-respect, and, and part of it is having strong self-respect keeps you from hitting those lulls all the time. It gives you confidence. Mm-hmm. It's okay to be wrong or make a mistake, um, but sometimes the lesson add to you feel like if you make a mistake, you're getting fired, right? Right. So um, that's why sometimes I come off – well, let me just stop lying. I'm, I'm angry, right? So, uh, But I come off a little angrier. So Cleveland, uh, maybe – about I'm gonna give you two. Maybe about four years ago, I was I've flown in a lot of airplanes, right? I travel all in North America. Mm-hmm. So you do that enough, Delta will give you a bunch of points, and then they'll give you free upgrades to first class. And if right. you want to find the most miserable people in the world, fly first class. So um, nine, I would say ninety nine point four percent of the time. The person sitting to my left or right, because in first class there's only a couple of seats, is a white person. It's rarely a person of color. So this one time, there's a lady. She was on the window. It's a black lady sitting there. She and I are roughly the same age. I sit down next to her. I say my hellos. Hey, first class, got to understand who you're dealing with. Some people don't want to talk. So I'm just sitting next to her, and the, uh, the flight attendant comes by and say, can I get you two something to drink? And I said, no, I'm good. I'm just going to stick with a bottle of water. And she ordered something to drink. And the way she was talking to me and the, the lady sitting next to me, I have no idea what the lady's name was, she thought we were together. She was making the assumption we were together. It was always you guys or, hey, uh, what are we having for? Well, I think you were serving lunch or something. Mm-hmm. We have this for you guys. And uh, what are we right. having a day? Right. But everyone else was. Uh, sir, what would you like? Ma'am, what would you like? It was separated. Right. She made that assumption we were together. We weren't together. And it was interesting. I mean, I, I saw that happening. But at the same time, I'm like, what am I going to do? Start an argument, yell at her, make her feel bad. You know, that time I checked my particular anger and said, you know, she is not doing anything wrong. Now, if there was a white lady and a white man sitting next to each other, she wouldn't have made that assumption. But she made it with us because it's a rarity to see two black people sitting in first class, apparently through her eyes. Uh, I'm not saying it's a rare feat. So, um, <clears throat> But that was an interesting one. That was very subtle. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that she's a racist by any means. I'm saying she's just started doing kind of what your guy did, equating. And saying there was no way in hell that they're not together, but those two in first class and yeah. white people. So. That was an interesting story about four or five years ago. Hmm. Um, I got to ask you something because you've said yeah. the word several times, and I mean, I even brought it up too. When you hear the word racism or mm-hmm. racist, what comes into mind? What do you picture? 
the typical rebel flag, clan, hoods, Aryan nation, swastikers, guys, shaved heads, you know, uh, white power, supremacy, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. That, that's what I see. Okay. And, and I think that kind of runs across the board. So now, if you were to call a white person a racist and they weren't, <clears throat> okay, <clears throat> do you believe they're seeing that same picture in their head as to why maybe they get upset? I believe they do, and I and I'm sorry I took a big deep breath because that was that's a heavy question. I believe they do, um, but at the same time, nobody wants to be associated with something they don't feel they're part of, especially if it's negative, right? Right. So um, I would I I would believe that, and I'm not in a, I'm not white I'm not in a white person's head, but I would believe if I called somebody a racist that was white. And they weren't. That would that would cut deep for them. I would think it would cut deep because uh-huh. that that's that's tough. Now, are they banging that up against what society's throwing at us today? Today, or are they banging that up against what their true values are? Do you understand that? You understand what I'm saying? Well, there could be somebody out there that doesn't. So explain. That. <clears throat> well, what I mean is this: if you don't want to be called a racist because it's not a cool thing to be called today, and you don't want people looking at you funny. That's what society is pushing back on you. But if your core values are, I treat people equally, I still have my prejudices and I work on them. I have my own problems, but I, I try to get people to benefit the doubt and get to know them versus – and I and I don't have a problem with Indian people or, or black people. I'm talking as a, as a white person, right, um, that, that would say that. So if my core values are telling me I should not treat people poorly because of the color of their skin, that's my core values. I don't care what society's saying. But if I'm only doing this because I don't want my friends or society or anybody else looking at me as a racist, then that's not the right way. To, that's not the reason to do it. Mm-hmm. You do it because your values are telling you to do it. Right. Hmm. Okay. So do, do you believe that uh, blacks can be racist? Well, now I do, yes, after having a conversation with you earlier. But I wasn't, I wasn't looking at it. And you got to be – got to understand something. My thought process, my thought process, right, wrong, or indifferent, right, was, you know what, I always equated that word with somebody white and, and pushing back on people of color, right? Right. Uh, but you get to the point of, hey, I don't want to be around you because the color of your skin is whatever color or your religion is X or, you know, whatever it is, then sure, anybody can be a racist. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you know, we're going to talk about terrorists and, well, they hate Americans and all this stuff and all these other things. Well, are those folks racist? I don't know. Uh, maybe they are. And may, maybe they are racist or they just hate the ideals and the ideas that we have in, in the Western world. I don't know. But to answer your question, I believe that anybody can be a racist right. because you have chosen not to get to know anybody, you've chosen to make a determination about an individual based on the outer outward appearance. That could be if they have one leg, if they're uh, mentally challenged, if they're tall, short, um, heavy, skinny, whatever it is, right? Okay, but but that along with that feeling there, then that <clears throat> that makes them believe this person should not have the same opportunities as me. They should not be allowed to go to this school, that school, this park, that store. They're stopping you from doing something. 
at, at the highest extreme, yes. Right, okay. Okay, I'm just, because, you know, we've said that word several times, and I think, and I'm just going to throw it out, anyone that's called that who's not that mm-hmm. is very offensive. And yes. that that's where all of a sudden then the conversation stops. Because <laughs> if, mm-hmm. if I would have called that guy a racist right there when he said to me, how long does it take you guys to clean the floor, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. that kind of thing, it, yeah. there would have been no conversation after that. Because he, in his mind, he probably said, well, I wasn't. I just was asking a question, you know, that kind mm-hmm. of thing. Now, yeah. <laughs> let me tell you this. I don't, I don't think I ever told you this story. We were getting our basement done. Uh, we lived over there on uh, Webster. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were redoing the walls, the floor. They're putting in a you know, sump pump and all this kind mm-hmm. of stuff. And, I mean, really doing mm-hmm. a great job of basically had to jack up the house and put in walls. Mm-hmm. Well, we were doing that, and we had this company come out. And the one guy, he's like the, the foreman or whatever, the owner of the company. I say the owner mm-hmm. of the company. He's talking to me outside. And mm-hmm. he hadn't seen my wife or anybody yet. He's, we're mm-hmm. just talking. He's saying, well, you know, we're going to be back here later on today to get some things done. I said, okay, that's fine. I said, well, we're probably going to be um, going over to my brother-in-law's house and we're going to be doing a cookout, you know, just having conversation. Yeah. And uh, mm-hmm. I said, so I won't be here. Do you need me to be here? He goes, no, no, you don't have to be around. We'll just work and the house will be, you know, the basement's going to be open. We're going to tear out the walls. He said, but I can guess what you're going to be having for your cookout. And I said, really? He says, I know you're going to be having some chicken and watermelon. And he starts laughing. And, it, and this is a white guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I looked at him. I said, no, I don't think so. And I walked away. Mm-hmm. At that moment, here we go. I could have yelled out, you know, you're being racist. But, you know, mm-hmm. that kind of offended me. And for most people that don't understand it, there, there's a thing about chicken and watermelon that you accuse black people of liking, okay, mm-hmm. and eating the most yeah. of. Well, what I did was I ended up calling the company, got a hold mm-hmm. of the actual owner, mm-hmm. and explained to him what happened. Mm-hmm. And I told him, I said, I do not want that guy on my property again. Mm-hmm. And I said, better yet, take your whole crew. <laughs> He's like, what? I said, no, I don't want you doing anything else at my house. He was so upset. The guy was the owner. And he mm-hmm. come and he wouldn't mm-hmm. apologize. I said, I'll accept your apology. But I said, you don't owe me an apology. I said, mm-hmm. that guy does. I don't know why he said what he said. Yeah. But for me, I didn't need that. I no. didn't need it. Now, the guy may have been joking. But do you think he ever came back to say, hey, sorry, I want to apologize? Nope. He knew why that crew was cut and why he that contract was ended with them. We ended up getting another company. They did a great job. I mean, the thing I like about that company, they stood out in the yard before they got started every morning, and they would in a circle, they would pray. And then they get to work, you know, to keep everybody safe. But that yeah. right there, just little things like that that happened, and maybe the guy thought he felt comfortable enough with me to throw out the chicken watermelon joke <laughs> or the chicken wow. watermelon thing. But, I mean, what would make you think that that would be okay? You're trying so hard that you overdo it, and then you lose, mm-hmm. the, you lose the whole contract. You know, just little yeah. things like that. Like mm-hmm. you said, do you know if the guy was racist? I don't know, and I don't want to call him that. But at least I can control the outcome of the thing, <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. Just that simple. I mean, but I'm, I'm sorry, I went off on that. But I just wanted to throw that out there that little things are said, and they may be joking, but you got to mm-hmm. remember who you're talking to. And I think that all goes to kind of what you were saying before. You know, know the history. If you know the yeah. history, you'll know what's offensive, right? Am I, am I right mm-hmm. or wrong? Help me out there. Yeah, 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 you, you are right. And look, and I, at the same time, um, at the same time, understand as much as you can about other people, religions, and things like that, right? Mm-hmm. And here's the cool thing is, if you don't know, just ask. And that is what, I mean, well, this guy, I'm not, 
again, your temperament is different than mine. Uh, here's what. Well, I'm, I'm afraid if that would have happened to you, he'd still be buried in the basement somewhere. Under well, the yeah. Yeah. John Wick wouldn't have been able to put you know, him out of there. So, um, I, I guess I look at it like this. If you think about the economic buying power of just black people, don't add Latinos, don't add Asians, anything like that, just the economic buying power of black people, why would you not get to know who your client is? Your client is whoever is out there. So if you have a huge buying contingency, remember we owned a lawn and landscaping company? Oh, yeah, yeah. We never ran into the larger or really any of the white lawn care companies in the in the uh, south, uh, south central area of Fort Wayne, right? right? We never did. Right. Because we were cutting grass there. Everybody else was afraid. I'm like, hold on for a second. These people have money too. They have a need. They have a reason why we're cutting their grass because they either have time, they don't want to buy a lawnmower, it's convenient for them. Oh, by the way, they have buying power to do it. So that micro um, situation that you had with this gentleman is he changed the trajectory of that particular economic situation by opening his mouth and saying something that he thought you would be comfortable with because – as a as a guess, he may have a, a black friend or two where they joke like that. Right, right. And he stretched it to someone he thought he was comfortable with. Right. And then he changed the overall process because not only did he lose a contract, he cost the, his own company money, not because he made a mistake trying to do the right thing. He made a mistake because he was ignorant to the fact that I can't say this to everybody, nor should I be saying it at all. Right. Exactly. So, um, you know, it's not just words, it's actions too, Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Let me get, wait, may I tell you a story? Yeah, go ahead. That's what the people okay. wanted. Um, my my wife and I uh, were at a um, charity event, uh, University of Michigan. Some folks from work were there, and it was cold. It was freezing cold that night. So everybody just valeted. And the valet guys were wearing those big, huge car hearts and boots and hats. I mean, they could barely fit in the car. They had so much, clothing, so many, you know, layers of clothing on, right? Right. You know, and you, you pulled up. You, you we ran in right inside. Had our coats. Ran right inside. Matter of fact, I didn't take my coat because I was from the car to the door within 12 steps, right? So we run inside and and do that. And we have the we have a great time. There's some people from work. And I said to my wife, who took her coat, I said, Hey, why don't you grab your coat? Um, leave the guy, the, the code attendant, some money, whatever. I'm going to go out and give them my ticket so they can go get the car because everybody was leaving at the same time. You just wanted the car to come around at some point, right? Right. Well, I gave the ticket. Now, mind you, I'm wearing a suit. I, I can picture this like yesterday. Black suit, black tie, white shirt. Mm-hmm. The car, the, the valet guys were covered in clothes. I mean, they looked like they were working outside in the subterrain, right? So I get my ticket. I'm actually standing outside for a minute, kind of cooling off because it's warm in there. So I start walking back in, and I grab, see a young lady coming out, and I grab the door, and I open it up for her. And she comes out, and she's handing me the ticket. She's like, hey, can you get my car? And now this is Jeffrey Engine's uh, temper that came out to her, and I'm going to say some things that I don't want your listeners to get offended. These are the words that I said to her. Wrong fucking guy wrong fucking century and I walked right past her. <laughs> I was so 
angry because she couldn't make the determinate the, the distinction between a guy standing in a suit and a guy standing in heart a car hearts. Hmm. That that one angered me to no end. I was so mad because I was I bought the tickets. I bought some stuff at the at the charity event. I gave some money. It's not like I, I'm I'm some rich guy, but I was there participating. Mm-hmm. And I'm still the guy at the parking cars. Now, there's nothing wrong with being a valet. That's not the problem. The issue is she quickly equated me with the rep, with the valet guys. What the hell are you talking about? I'm wearing a suit. These guys are dressed totally different than me. But she saw me pull the door open. Instead of me being a gentleman opening the door for her, I'm the valet. So, okay. actions. Now, yeah. is she a racist? I doubt seriously. Did she make a mistake? She did. But she made a mistake with a guy that really has a bad uh, uh, anger issue. <laughs> okay. Okay, let's play that back, okay? Mm-hmm. Like you said, she probably wasn't a racist. She assumed something. Mm-hmm. What do you think now, today, would have been the conversation you could have had with her? There's that, there's that breathing have. thing yeah. again. <laughs> yeah, I don't because you know what you're calling me out, and you're right. I could have I could have simply said to her, "No, I'm sorry, I am not part of the ballet crew. I'm just holding the door for you to, to let you out to go see these guys. They'll be back. They're out grabbing cars." I could have simply said that, mm-hmm. but there's a trigger. Okay, everybody has a trigger. There's a trigger that at some points comes out in me. And and Cleveland, if you want to take it all the way back, it's part of less than attitude. Like, right, right. All these things come rushing through. I have a college degree. I, I run half the country for sales. I'm this. I'm that. Why are you treating me like this? Well, she wasn't treating me anyway. My less than attitude put me there. Mm-hmm. And instead of me having the proper conversation with her, it just assumed, hey, you got me mixed up with somebody else, and right. it's okay. I let that trigger hit, and I let all those emotions come rushing through. Right. That is it. When you're talking about how do people get over this, they got to know that exists too, because that will put them in a bad spot. So, right. So I'm glad you called me out on that. Thank you. Well, <laughs> but my thing is this: Do you see how easy? Um, and 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 again, let me make sure I word this right. If you're white and you get called a racist, it's an mm-hmm. angering thing. It's a hurtful yeah. thing. Okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. Now you don't want to be, and you're not. But when somebody accuses you of that, that will shut you off on ever wanting to know what a black person's like. It, that yep. one interaction right there can do it. Mm-hmm. So I yeah. think sometimes if we can slow down enough, that's that's on, on my side too. Slow down enough and say, okay, they said something that was hurtful. I can't mm-hmm. quick jump to anger because that kills the conversation. That kills any it chance does. that we're ever going to get to connect. Mm-hmm. You you may not remember, and I think the reason you keep saying our temperaments are different, but I'm going to give you this, and I don't want to bore everybody with our stories, but this is how this whole thing played out for me. Why is our temperament different? I don't know, but here's here's possibly why. When we were kids, you may not remember this, we went into a store with our father, and we were there to buy some shoes. I remember. Oh, my goodness. This one has stuck with me to this day, and I shared it with my wife the other day, and, and I, I felt so bad. It's like I, I'll explain the story, and don't bore you to tears on this. But anyway, we're sitting down to buy some shoes. We're in there. You know, we probably got our shoes off. I can't remember that part. Mm-hmm. And finally, this one white lady walks over. She's fairly young. 
She walks over, hey, how's it going? How can I help you? She was happy. She said everything that needed to be said that people don't even do today. Our father said to her, he said, my boys are here to buy some shoes. I've got money. They're not here to steal anything. And the lady just kind of looked like she goes, well, I didn't say. She didn't even get it all out. She goes, I didn't say. And he turned away from her. Mm-hmm. He turned away and kind of walked away from her. And there you and I sat. Mm-hmm. And that lady, she would, we would tell her what kind of shoe. She would come back with the box. I remember to this day I was not strong enough to apologize to her. I wanted so bad to say to her, I am so sorry. Yeah. that that happened that's all mm-hmm. i wanted to say but i was i i had to be like in about fourth or fifth grade i was gonna say i am so sorry that happened because oh my goodness it took her happy face and just mm-hmm. tore it down that mm-hmm. she was now now she's just helping us with shoes she never yeah. mistreated us she never said anything wrong she got us the shoes it was almost like I, give me whatever shoe i don't care if they're mismatch or whatever i want to get out of here okay because i felt so bad for her yeah and i didn't have enough strength i was only in the like fourth grade or so I didn't have enough strength to, to say anything to fix that mm-hmm. situation. Now, that yep. interaction right there with that one white lady, how, that right there made her feel like that's the last time I'm ever going to help somebody black. I went with the positive attitude, and I just mm-hmm. got beat down like I was the problem. Mm-hmm. Did, you, you actually remember that? I, I remember glimpses of that, Cleveland. Mm-hmm. I don't remember it as well. See, it burned deep into your psyche. I don't remember. I remember the story, but I don't remember the details like oh, that. I, right. I knew. I, I, I knew it. I was there. I mean, I was yeah. much younger. I was yeah. so. Yeah, you're. It's hard. It, okay, and that. It, it and, and in my mind, I think we can talk and talk and talk, but mm-hmm. if both sides don't set down their their guard, put down that mm-hmm. sword you have. Okay, mm-hmm. lower your shield just a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's okay to be on, on on the defense, but lower it just a little bit and talk a little bit. Yeah. If they say something that offends you, talk about it. Mm-hmm. Give them the chance to say, hey, I didn't know. I'm sorry. Because yeah. I mentioned the whole watermelon thing one time. Somebody at work and they went, what's the problem with watermelon? I like watermelon. And I'm like, okay. So so then in their minds, like, oh, well, it can say watermelon to anybody. But by the way it was said. If you say it, you know, you know what I'm yeah, saying, right? I know, I know. <laughs> and I know some of the listeners out there going, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, the thing is, yeah. have that conversation. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, that's all we're doing right now is just having a conversation about it. Right? Yeah. Well, and, and, and I think it's – you are you're right. And I think it's important. You have to – you're talking about both sides now. You're talking about, hey, let's have – and I gave you a story for both sides. Yeah. yeah. I, didn't, I didn't blow up the flight attendant, but I did blow up a lady that just made a mistake, right? Oh, yeah. So. I too have to be careful. We all not careful, but we all have to be able to see, be a little giving, mm-hmm. just a tad bit. Just have some grace, and say, "Okay, I'm a hundred percent sure you didn't mean that." Let me rephrase that. I'm pretty sure you didn't mean that. So let's get this worked out. Let's mm-hmm. work it out right. now. Uh, you know, I've been I've been in business a while, so you, I have to be a, a tad bit careful in in regards as it pertains to my temper. Right. Um, but I, and I think I've, so I, I find myself defending people that can't defend themselves. So, um, and I do that, and sometimes my temper comes out. It doesn't have anything to do with race. It's a matter of, of a, someone being a bully to someone else. So I do find myself utilizing my temper more in those aspects. When you have a, a person that's in a support role, 
that's mm-hmm. not a salesperson or a or a per se leader, and someone is attacking that person, then I I try to step up in those situations. But your the story you just told, I have to have enough strength to say, wait a minute, before we run this person off the block, let's figure out why they said it. Now, if they come back and say, yeah, I don't like any of you black people, well, okay, now you've got another problem. But if they say, well, what do you mean? Like when, when my, my colleague touched my head. Uh, did I tell you that story? No, you didn't. Okay. So this is just a few months ago. We were at, you know, we had an event at one of our clients. It's a restaurant where they're having cocktails and, you know, people are mingling. We do this to, to uh, authentically connect with each other. Just, you know, something like some people came from out of town. Okay. This guy's from, this guy's from uh, Chicago. He knows he's going to listen to this. He's going to know who it is. Um, he touched my head. I had a hat on because I played golf that, that day. I had a hat on. He touched my head. And I kind of sunk. I, I moved back like, whoa, hang on. And then other people rushed in. I was like, hey, you don't touch a black man's head. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay. And this is one where I did slow everybody down before they, you know, they start going off on the guy. I'm like, let's not get crazy here. I asked him. I did. I asked him. I said, hey, do you know the story behind that? He said, no. What are you talking about? I do this all the time with my friends. I'm like, let me explain to you X. So I explained to him. I mean, that's very degrading to a black man. Like, oh, just chill with a little boy, and I'm going to tap you in the head. I'm a grown man, right? Right. I said, I said that is something that's offensive to a black man. I'm not going to tell you it's offensive to every black man because I'm not every black man, but it's offensive to me. And I'm sure it's offensive to my brother because we've talked about this, right? right? right. So um, we, he and I had this conversation, and and. I did my best not to make him feel bad, and I and he and he didn't feel bad. He didn't feel bad for the action. He felt bad for not knowing. I said, "How could you not know?" I said, "Now you know." I said, "Don't even worry about it." I said, "If think of if it didn't happen, and it was somebody that you didn't know that well, and you touched your head, right? Then you'd have woke up twenty minutes later after he knocked you out." So right. I said, "It's good that you know." So um, those those type of things. I mean, I I believe that everyone is not going to know every cultural um, thing about every diverse background. Right. You know, but uh, sometimes we find out the hard way and sometimes we find out through conversation. Oh yeah. Yeah. There, there was a really neat book that uh, me and another officer uh, happened to stumble across. I went to a class and a lady recommended that uh, we read this book. It's called bridges out of poverty, poverty, mm-hmm. bridges mm-hmm. out of poverty. Mm-hmm. And, um, it's really neat. It just talks about the different cultures and the different levels and uh, different classes of people and what they expect mm-hmm. and don't. And it's, it, it was really helpful in police work because when you're dealing with people who are at a different level, you could kind of relate to them a little bit more and, and understand why they're doing what they're doing or saying what they're saying mm-hmm. and really almost how they feel about you. So you yeah. went in with a little bit of knowledge and then you could, you know, help a little bit more instead of getting upset and yelling at the person. And I think mm-hmm. I'm going to ask you this before I ramble on here. We've talked a lot. Where do you see? What do you see we need to do as a society? What do we need to do? I mean, enough. We protested. We've marched. We've yelled. We've screamed. We've done everything. We've even been quiet. What do you think we? I'm going to say as a, a black men need to do. That. <laughs> Here we go with Darth Vader. We got Darth Vader on the other end of the phone. Well, you keep asking these heavy questions, and I'm like, you know, 
<laughs> just like, yeah. Dude, I'm, your, I'm, I'm not your father, Loaf, by the way. Yeah, that was a mistake in a movie. Okay, but anyway, um, go. Anyways, uh, first and foremost, Cleveland, uh, we have to we have to have our own self-respect, right? Okay. I don't, we're just talking about black men. Right. I don't care if you are uh, a CEO of a major company, you're a plumber, you're a doctor, you're a cop, you are a teacher, whatever that is, you have to own it and, 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 and be the best version of yourself, right? Okay. That means that self-respect is the greatest respect you can get. Pop always talked about that. Have some respect, some pride for yourself, that kind of thing, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. Then do your best work. And I'm not just talking about going to work. It's do your best work. Hey, you know, around your house, in your relationships, do your best. You're going to slip and slide. We're not perfect, right? Let's own that ourselves, right? Let's be where we choose to be as black men. If you want to play hockey in a national uh, hockey league, go and do it, right? There ain't a whole lot of black people playing you want to play on the PGA Tour, go and do it. Let's not make it an anomaly. Let's just make it like, oh, that's Frank Jones. He just happened to be uh, a, a PGA golfer, right? Mm -hmm. Instead of it being a black PGA golfer. I mean, you know, like, like they asked, she's uh, uh, the quarterback for the um, Washington Redskins. Uh, forget Doug, it. Williams. Kind of, Doug Williams. Doug Williams. Mm -hmm. How long have you been a black quarterback? I mean, what the hell kind of question is that? So um, we, as black men, first and foremost – we have to own who we are and be proud of the fact of who we are. Let's not cut down on each other, right? Mm -hmm. Let's not put ourselves in peril. Let's not, let's not fight amongst ourselves first. Now that's that piece right there is, is very, very important. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, let me ask you this question then. What do we as black men need to do who have white friends? I mean, true friends that we call, that we hang out with, work with, mm -hmm. uh, socialize mm -hmm. with. What do we need to do? Yeah. Well, I, I need to give you an example to help with this, okay? You go right ahead. So I grew up listening to rap music. I listen to all types of music. But I grew up when rap was becoming mainstream. Um, so, I, I mean, I'm a big Public Enemy fan. I still listen to the, the old Public Enemy stuff. I mean, all these things. But N.W.A. came up. And they were the they were one of the early ones on Ice uh, Ice T and some of these guys came out uh, talking about stories, but they were used the N word was just prevalent in rap music, right? Right. Now the song has the N word in it, so we all singing blah 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 N word this N word that and you know all these things, and then it blew up and went into the suburbs, and we say suburbs, let's just say uh, uh, mainstream America, white America. Then you had all these white kids dropping in bombs. Hold on a second. You can't do that, but you said it on the record. So one thing I don't do is use that word. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I listen to the music, and it may this may sounds like this may sound like hypocrisy to you right now. I listen to that music because that was early on in my life when I was in college and in high school. That's what I listened to, right? But I don't use that word. So when we have white friends. Uh, you look at society, society's built like this on values and what you tolerate. So my values and what I tolerate is part of having a relationship with a white friend. So if I'm dropping N-bombs at him and he starts dropping them back and I knock him out, well, wait a minute. <laughs> he's not coming to the cookout. <laughs> well, no, he's not coming to the cookout. Well, but, but I... <laughs> you know, I'm sorry. Forgot no. It. But, but I, I, I set the standard. So 
when if I'm telling jokes about, hey, you know, I'm gonna go home and have some chicken and watermelon, blah blah. I'm setting a standard for him to do things, him he, and confusing this individual. Mm-hmm. I'm setting a double standard, right? So my my values and what I tolerate has to be enough to where my white friends understand they ain't coming at me like that. You, you don't hear me using that. Why do you think it's okay for you to do it? Yeah, but wait, wait, think- wait, 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 wait. See, there's people listening right now saying, well, then you shouldn't be listening to that music. Cleveland? <laughs> I'm just telling you there's somebody listening going somebody somebody is listening to it but that is that is music that I grew up listening to. that's music that I grew up with right okay so I don't listen to them and I'm not, I'm not I am not backpedaling that is some of the songs I listen to still has the n-word in it okay when I'm in my car driving somewhere I might listen to it when I got my headphones on I might listen to it I don't use I choose not to use that word I'm not walking around the house singing NWA <laughs> songs. I'm not. Okay, so but, but so you're not using this around your friends. I'm not using it around my friends, my, okay. my family, okay. you, anybody. Okay, all right. I'm, I'm, I mean, listening to that music. So when you have a you know your parties and everything, where everybody coming over to you, not all of a sudden putting on the uh, putting that on the stereo. No, no. It, for, first and foremost, no, and second of all, no. Because I'm putting on music that's going to cover a wide variety of people that walks through my door, right? Okay. All right. And also don't. And also too. Hey, what if that? What if that word offended a white person or my Latino friend or my black friend? I just can't be assuming. Hey, because I'm playing the music, I get to drop in bombs in my house. Well, I can. It's my house. But I choose not to play that. To play that music, I, I've been. Uh, I've been married 20, 12, 24 years. We got three kids. And I've never played that music for them. I've only played the rap music that wasn't dropping in bombs. Okay. And a lot of that was Public Enemy and, and uh, Eric B and Rakim, those type of things. Those guys had something to say. Now, I was not playing NWA for my kids, trust me. Okay. So I'm, I'm trying to get back to my original question. What, what, is, what do you tell your white friends? I mean, how do you fix it with your white friends? What should we be saying to them? To, to people who are black that have white friends, but I mean, just give mean? them, just kind of give them a, hey, this will help build that relationship, or this will open more lines of communication. What will? What? What do we need to tell them? Just ask a question. If you don't understand something, ask a question. If if you've heard the term chicken and watermelons, ask the question to me. If you if you really want to know, just ask. Mm-hmm. Say hey. I don't know what it's like. What was it like for you having to, to play basketball in some, some country town outside of Fort Wayne when you're only one of two, three black guys on the team and everybody else is white and now the other team was white and all white stands, whatever. What was that like? Tell mm-hmm. me. You know, or what are your thoughts on X right. or Y or whatever? I mean, yeah, right. that kind of thing. Okay. All right. I'm just, so now I know I said uh, male blacks are black men. I mean, this goes, even if you're female black or whatever, to your white friends, white females, things along that. Like the biggest thing is open up that line of communication to ask the questions. Yeah. Do, okay. <clears throat> now I'm going to throw something in here that I know I wanted to ask you about because I know he's your boy. <laughs> I saw your boy, Charles Barkley <laughs> and his kids, Shaquille O'Neal on TV the other day. Mm-hmm. And they made some comments. Uh, did you see mm-hmm. the comments they made about the the police officers that were involved in the shooting and one of uh, them? Uh, I, I perused the comments. Yes. Okay. All right. And 
we were watching it, and they made the comments about, hey, they were doing their job. Uh, they were shot at, so they shot back. And, mm-hmm. they, I mean, they did say that uh, Breonna Taylor, or it was Breonna Taylor. What, am I getting the right name? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, her death was, you know, a tragedy. But they did say that the officers were doing their job. Mm-hmm. Did you find that offensive to you, or does that bother you hearing them say that? No. It, it, I'm not offended by what they said um, because they were putting it into their words as logically as they as, as they thought they were being logical, right? Now, I do know, know Shaquille O'Neal is a deputized Miami uh, or uh, Brown County or Dade County sh- uh, sheriff, right? Right. And he may know some stuff. I don't know what Charles Barkley knows, and I'm not going to assume that he knows more than anybody else, or he may know more than anybody else. I'm not going to make that assumption. I was not offended by what they said, Cleveland. Mm-hmm. And here's why. You and I have been talking. This is the third time we spoke, and this is what we're doing. We're talking to inspire more conversation. So instead of me getting mad about what they said, I want to know why they said it and why and, and, and how and how they got to that conclusion, mm-hmm. right? Right. I mean, I, I wasn't there that night when the police knocked on the door and started sh- and shooting started. I wasn't there. Why did you guys say it that way? And I want to know more about it. Instead of people vilifying them, say, just tell me more and open up the communication, right? Right. Um, I, I was not – okay, so it's Charles Barkley and Shaquille O'Neal. They're not going to say anything that's really going to offend me, right? Because that means they, I'm allowing them to offend me. How can you offend somebody if you have unless you have power over them? They don't offend me. I don't have to read your shit, right? <laughs> I mean, so, Oh, okay. <laughs> but I guess you're asking that question because somebody, you may have run into somebody that was very offended by it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And I'm pretty sure some of your, your listeners of your podcast were offended by that. Right. Um, but Charles Barkley and Shaquille O'Neal, just like everyone listening to this, they have an opinion. They are they have a right to an opinion. Right. Expressing that opinion, you, you have a right to that as well. You know, we you have a right to say whatever you want to, freedom of speech, right? We throw that out there. But you also have to understand there's consequences to what you say. Now, they didn't they didn't offend me at all. I mean, that's just their opinion. How I feel about the situation, I cannot tell you. Uh, but those things are not offensive to me. They spoke their minds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm just I heard them say that. And I actually stood there and watched, and the first thing that came to my mind was, and you know, as a police officer, they were right. Their comments were right. And for someone to be mad on the other end, you, you look at them and go, okay, I get why you're upset. You're right, yeah. too. Mm-hmm. So, and then for the, the person on the other end to say, well, they don't have enough information. They don't need to be talking. Well, neither do you. <laughs> so nobody should be saying anything. But the, the, the thing of it is, they were right. They were at work. They were following orders. They did get shot at. They did shoot back. Okay, you were right. <laughs> There's yeah. nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it, it's funny how quickly somebody wants you to get mad on one side or the other. But the hard part is to go, you know what? You were right. And so were they. Yeah. I think I think a lot of conversations where, where this is uh, happening is that everybody wants to pick a side. You don't have to pick a side. Just say, you know, you're right, and so are you. Yeah. So both sides, well, you know, come together. You were right, but let's talk about, you know, some of the other stuff in it, you know. Well, Cleveland, so 
we also have to be careful. And I'm going to tell you from Jeffrey Hinge's opinion. When they said they knocked on the door and they got shot at and started shooting back. Right. So everybody in the house was black, right? The, the, two, people, Taylor, the two people in the house were black, yes. Yeah. Guess what was in my mind? And this is this is not fair that every one of those cops were white. Okay, that part I don't know how many people are on the well, raid no, team. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, we, we, yeah, but you see where I'm driving at, oh, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't know who was behind the mask and the guns and, mm-hmm. and the cop stuff. We, we, let me stop saying we. I tend to, when a situation goes down, there's a bunch of white cops shooting up some black people. Well, there's cops out there that have to use deadly force that ain't, that ain't white. I don't know who's on that SWAT team. I don't, but in my mind, I'm thinking it's all white guys. And guess what? That's not fair either. And I'm not saying that. I'm not saying it makes it right or wrong what happened. I'm saying this. Think how my thought process is. Mm-hmm. And people out there listening, the, when as soon as you hear that a cop shot somebody or a cop knocked somebody out, or like you guys used to do, throw people out of windows, Cleveland. <laughs> I'm kidding. Everyone listening, I'm kidding. They never, they never did that, as far as I know. But. uh you know, we have to also realize that um, we can't. Just like when you asked me about race being a racist, I had conjured up all those things in my head. Mm-hmm. Well, sometimes being a racist doesn't mean that you have to wear a hood on your head. You might just be a regular old guy that just don't like Asian people. You know, yeah. just despise Asian people. So, um, yeah. So uh, it's it's really weird how quickly my mind went to. Yeah, 12 white dudes kicking in the door, shooting up the place. Right, right. Well, I don't even know. I don't even know who's there, right? Right. So. Yeah. Well, that's easy to do. With, without any information, that's easy to do. Mm-hmm. And then the next thing you know, you're asking somebody, hey, how long does it take you all to clean the floors? <laughs> without, not, without knowing all the information, without looking <laughs> at the bigger picture, that's how you step in it, just like that. Yep. I mean. Yep. And. Yeah, and yeah, I think that's it. I didn't realize that until we started talking. I, I, I do that as well. Yeah, you know, and I, and it's not it's not right. But hey, you and I, are, you and I are not perfect. But these conversations have drawn some things out in me to say, hey, wait a minute, before I, before I go there, let me sit back and find out what the real deal is, right? Oh yeah, oh yeah. yeah. Take the time before you answer. And I mean, we used to have a really good pastor at our church that I used to go to. And he was really good at that. You'd ask him a question, and it would take him a minute before he answered you. You'd be like, "Come on, I got, that. I need, I need to know." You the mm-hmm. pastor, yeah. But uh, Pastor Pancook would wait, mm-hmm. and then he would mm-hmm. pick his words wisely, and then he would give mm-hmm. you the answer. He would never have to come back and go, "No, wait a minute, uh, I gave you that answer, but I need to give you this one now." Because mm-hmm. <laughs> when he gave you the answer, that was the answer, because yeah. he took the time to slow down mm-hmm. enough to think. I mean, mm-hmm. and, and that's that was that's huge on his part, and I learned that. A little bit of that from him also, but you know we all learn mm-hmm. something from somebody in life. But yep. my thing, you said some. You said you know we all have the freedom of speech. We we, we got mm-hmm. that right. You know we, we do mm-hmm. all have the freedom of speech, but that doesn't give us the right to be disrespectful too. No, I think that's the thing not. we got to remember on that part there. So freedom mm-hmm. of speech is good, but watch out. But yeah. So like I said, this thing is not coming to an end. We can't have enough conversations. We cannot have enough conversations, and I mean mm-hmm. true heartfelt conversations that challenges us. And I think for me, what I need to do a little bit more of 
is almost force the conversation. I mean, I know that sounds mm-hmm. weird. I mean, I, I work with a whole lot of white people. I'm around a whole lot of white people, and it doesn't bother me because mm-hmm. I know I know who I am, and I know what I'm going in to do. If I got a responsibility, I go in. But almost mm-hmm. force the conversation when an opportunity knocks to say, hey, how did you feel about that when that person called me the N-word back at that last house we were at? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Have them answer and see what they felt. And they yeah. go, well, don't bother me. I go, okay, well, I just want to know it kind of bothered me, and this is why. Yeah. And then maybe they'll go, oh, I didn't think that bothered you. Mm-hmm. You know, those little opportunities. The door is open either way. Let's not put yeah. this all on one side and say, oh, they need to be talking and ask questions because they need to know. Well, you know what? <laughs> Sometimes we need to take those opportunities and say, hey, what did you think when this happened? Mm-hmm. You know, just find out from them. Yeah. Because what are you going to do? You're going to find out then, and then you know. At least now you know. Oh, my goodness. Boy, I tell you. <laughs> so, yeah, just when you say, okay, hey, we're only going to do three parts of this segment or whatever. We're only going to do three. There's no way we can only do three parts of a conversation like this. But, hey, any other time you want to come talk, that's quite all right. What am I missing, Jeff? I mean, of all the stuff we've talked about, what do you think we are missing uh, to get a point out? Um. I, I don't know if we're really missing anything, but you know some of the, some of the things that I believe you and I need to circle back on maybe in a, in a little while is our young people. And you know, Cleveland, if you can think back when you were born, there was Vietnam, right? There was a civil rights uh, march. There was busing. There was hijacking of airplanes. There was bombs going off inside the United States. All these things we we assassinated. You know, Medgar Evers. Robert Kennedy, John mm. Kennedy, Martin Luther King, uh, Malcolm X. We assassinated a sitting president along with a bunch of other people, right? right. These huge historical figures. Right. All these things were going down. And then we – now, now fast forward to 2020, and these kids are angry. And, and we're, Plus we had 9-11. Let's not forget about that, right? right? These kids are angry. I mean my kids are mad in some cases about what's going on. They're upset. And I, was, and I can't say to them, guys – the 60s changed the entire culture of the United States uh, in, in the modern era, right? I mean, the Democratic National uh, Convention in Chicago, all those things. Right. It changed – well, guess what? All those kids that were kids at that time, they are now adults. When they were like in their – between the age of 18 and 25, right. you know, they were in the streets rallying and pushing the edge of the envelope to, to make things better. They're now adults. Guess what? We made some mistakes, and I'm not one of those kids because I was born in the late 60s, but we've made some mistakes moving forward. We have gotten better, but I I say to my kids, I'm like, guys, you guys will figure stuff out. You'll figure health care out. You guys will move this nation uh, forward very, very fast. You guys are going to figure out ways in which we will not be using uh, gas and cars and uh, uh, electric vehicles, all these things. You guys are so smart. You guys really do not know how to deal with adversity that well. Right, right. You're not you right. rally against the machine as if the machine owes you something. No, guess what? You are in the machine. You will control the machine at one time. So you guys now have to start thinking of, instead of us banging away in the streets, how about we have some real conversations over over Twitter and Snapface? And I, I, I joke about that, right? I, in, in, Insta snap. Right, I right. mess with my kids' Instagram, but hey, have some real conversations. Mm-hmm. And 
and be okay disagreeing with your friends because you're going to have some friends, and I'm not trying to get into politics. You have some friends that are Trump supporters and some are Biden supporters. Right. Wherever you sit, I don't care, but you better vote. Um, but here's the deal. If your friend says, I'm going to vote for this person because of these reasons, and they're logical reasons, not because he wears a red tie or this guy has a, a face mask on, whatever it is, but if for real logical reasons why they're going to vote for that individual, mm-hmm. be okay disagreeing with them because you've got more in common than you, than you realize. You just don't have that much in common in that arena. Right. So, you know, I, these, these, I, I don't know. I love my children as if they were my children. I'm kidding. <laughs> um, but I know they're angry. And I tell them, I said, if you want to rail against the machine, that's cool. But I take it, you know, it's going to be even better. Why don't you go down to the, the food pantry and volunteer? Why don't you go and put and volunteer? Why don't you go and have a conversation with a police officer? Have a conversation with a, with a judge or, a, or whoever in law enforcement. Or just go and volunteer your time. Right. Because when it's time to change the world, I'm not going to be here. Your Uncle Cleveland's not going to be here. A lot of these people you call old, like myself, all these old, we're not going to be here. Right. It's going to be your country. Yeah. Exactly. And how do, how do you want it to be? Do you just want to be mad and, and, and think the federal government's going to change things just for you? Well, some stuff's going to change. But sometimes you don't want the way it's going to change versus how you can affect change. Mm-hmm. Well, what can I do? I'm one person. Impact one individual. Let that individual impact somebody else. We see how fast the, uh, this COVID uh, uh, coronavirus ran through uh, across the globe. We can do the same thing when we go impact one person. Yeah. So you're yeah. going to walk into some store in Cleveland, I don't care, a post office or something, you need to drop something off. And you're going to say something to somebody, and at that moment of at that moment of a crossroads where you intersect with that individual, you have the opportunity to make their day. Oh yeah, yeah. Versus crushing their day. Oh yeah. And that story you told about our dad, crush mm-hmm. that woman's day. Yeah, and I, I think about that, and, I, and I'm almost like I hope she's listening, mm-hmm. and can contact us and say, hey, that was me that that happened yeah. to because she had only been about 10 years older than us at the most, you know, 10 mm-hmm. to 12 years. But yeah, she's probably still yeah. alive, but, and I'm sure she remembers that encounter. <laughs> she probably quit, yeah. quit selling shoes after that. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. But I mean, it would be neat if that person could actually reach out to us and say, Hey, I was that person and I, mm-hmm. I accept your apology and I, you know, whatever, or they, maybe they forgot about it. But, but yeah. what you said there, it reminds me of a quote and I may not quote it correctly, but it says there's a lot of people who are hacking away at the branches, only one mm-hmm. person's chopping at the roots. Yep. So of all the stuff that's going on, I mean, where do you see yourself hacking at the branches of all these problems? Are you really getting to the root of the problem? I mean, that you said it, and that was a little yeah. quote that I can't even remember who said it, but it was something mm-hmm. that stuck in my head. Jeff, yeah. I always appreciate all the time you give me on these things, and I really do appreciate these last three conversations we had. But, I mean, we have even more, but uh, – you're having them here. We're talking about a lot of things. We've covered a lot of issues, and there's going to be a whole lot more yet to come. Mm-hmm. And, uh, again, reach out uh, to those people who are within your immediate reach. Have conversations and uh, put down, your, put down your, your sword, but you can keep your shield. But put down your sword for just a minute so you can shake a hand. That's about right. Mm-hmm. Good? 
Are we good? Oh yeah, uh, we're we're good. Hey, and I and I enjoyed this. This was fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, the, the cool thing is you learn. I got to learn a lot in these three conversations, and that's the interesting thing when you're telling these stories and you're bantering back and forth and you're hearing things and and you're being challenged on certain things. I mean, that is a cool thing because now you get to think more and go a little deeper. Yeah. And uh, and that like, hey, if like we talk, if we can impact one person out there, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I would I would love to hear uh, from some of your some of your listeners how they're, they're thinking. If they have additional questions, you and I can do this again at some time. Oh, yeah. Sometime, but but uh, uh, I truly appreciate you taking the time with us. Hey, now I appreciate you doing it, folks. We always appreciate you listening to Police Pod Talk, and we will catch you again next week. You know how to reach out to us. Thanks again for hanging out with us. Remember, you can always go to policepodtalk at gmail.com. Or check us out on Facebook at Cleveland Junior or Police Pod Talk. Thanks again. We'll see you next week.